Dear Colgate, I love that you love that I love being at home. You even let me whiten my teeth from home. Because you know how I feel about getting up from my cloud couch. The Colgate Optic White LED Kit gives professional level results in just 10 minutes a day for 10 days when used as directed. And that's why, Colgate, I want you to meet my parents. Because ever since meeting you, I've been living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to your Making It Worse. We're here, we're queer, who cares? I'm Elliot Glazer. And I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. Textual Healing. Brent, why don't you tell us about murder? <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So here's an interesting, uh, tragic, uh, but interesting uh, topic in the news that's how you. That's literally how you define true crime. Interesting. Uh, Interesting. Uh, tragic. Tragic. Sure. Sure. <laughs> it's tragic. <laughs> bad. 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 But you know. You know. Fascinating. And and uh, let's discuss it. So there was an 18 year old college student named Holden White uh, who was currently in critical condition, fighting for his life after being mutilated, tortured, and left for dead by a suspect he met on Grinder in Lafayette, Louisiana. The suspect, uh, Chance Seneca. Uh, called These guys and, have great names. They do I mean, have like weird, names. bizarre, yeah, great very names. Uh, unique names. Uh, but the suspect called police, turned himself in for attempted murder. Uh, Seneca, the suspect, has a picture of Jeffrey Dahmer on his Facebook. Uh, he's had a picture of Jeffrey Dahmer uh, since last year. So here's here's the bottom line. These two individuals, they met, they'd been chatting on Grinder for about a week before meeting. Um, when they met the suspect, um, I, I guess there's, for lack of a better term, brutalized the victim and, uh, in an attempt to kill him, although, uh, the victim is, is recovering in the hospital at this point, which is great. Um, but here's the, shall I say the interesting twist, the family of the victim wants the crime to be classified as a hate crime. The police in Lafayette, Louisiana, are currently refusing to do so, but they won't give their exact rationale as to why. Uh, The family complains the police. um, They have the suspect's phone, but they don't have the victim's phone, blah, blah, blah. Um, But according to an article I read, Seneca, the suspect, uh, has previously told a partner of his that he had fantasized about killing a gay man. And the FBI is now assisting in the investigation. I'm, so I'm assuming guess, he's gay too, right? Or he's queer well, as well. That's, so that's that's my question. That's like the big question out of all of this. And that's why the gender neutral term partner that he had told his partner, he had fantasized about killing a gay man is interesting to me because it's like, did he tell a girl? Did he tell a boy? And that's sort of, I guess the, again, quote, interesting part of this story, case is like, could it be a hate crime if it was a gay man? So if could a gay man killing another gay man be a hate crime? Well, I mean, I, I just 
in or just trying in, to kill another gay man. Just in terms of like knowing, because I was obsessed with this, you know, in college, knowing sort of hate crime legislation across mm. the country and how each state is defined. <laughs> I was obsessed with hate crime legislation. <laughs> no, I was, I was, I was because states were so slow to adopt are. it, right. but they were obsessing right. over marriage and shit, and I was pissed about it. I was yeah. like, hate crime, hate right. crimes, guys, and and. Oftentimes, the basis for most of hate crime legislation, as defined by Human Rights Campaign and GLAAD, which they assisted on a lot of the hate crime legislation across the country, was that it had to be a hate-motivated crime. So the the person who's motivated by hate, the identity in terms of their sexual identity, gender, race, whatever, is not a factor necessarily in the motivation of the crime. It, it's the motivation of the crime that the statue is written on. The law is written on. Oh, it's all so, dependent. It's all about the 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 kill. It's Seneca. It's, it's all, all about him. What? Well, uh, no, it's all about. Yes, it is all about him. But it's all about the motivation he has in order to commit the crime. Was his motivation a sort of sick, twisted fantasy to kill gay people? In which case, then, yes, by most states' definitions, it would be a hate crime. However, if it was just a sick fantasy to kill anybody, regardless of their gender or sexual identity, then it isn't a hate crime. It's that weird bit of language. Yeah, so, if, so if it weren't for the prejudice, the crime would not have occurred. Exactly. I well, get, I guess, yes. I mean, if, the, if he told somebody, partner or not, female or male who like doesn't it not matter in 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 that sense in that all he yeah. said was that he fantasized about killing a gay man and then tried to do that by the accepted standard definition of hate crime legislation yes that's it doesn't matter if the partner is male or female or who he said this to previously the fact that he said i want to kill a gay man or whatever his statement was like that shows intent to kill based sure. on a protected identity However, so to play devil's advocate just for a second, now, hate crime also has to be agreed upon by a jury, correct? No, not in every state. It doesn't. It can be, it can be considered by a judge as well. Just a okay. judge. Okay. So it just depends. It depends on the state. And I, I would be very surprised if Louisiana has hate crime legislation. I don't know if they do. I, but do well, they? I, I, I actually can tell you because Georgia just this week passed a hate crime bill that was signed mm-hmm. by the governor it was, uh, I read it was one of four states that didn't have a hate crime bill. The others are South Carolina, Arkansas, and Wyoming. Oh, so it does. Interesting. Well, that's Apparently, great. I don't, I don't know the brevity of it, but yes. Yeah, I would, I would like to know. I mean, because oftentimes, too, many states have an open definition of hate crime, whereas other states define the communities that are protected right. under hate crime right. legislation. And so right. I don't know what, I don't know Louisiana's. Uh, but that said, regardless, if he previously said, doesn't matter who he said it to, what the gender of the partner is, if he said, I want to kill gay men, that is a motivation. And then he went on Grinder, And then he went on Grinder to then, I mean, presumably hunt gay men to kill, then that's his intent. That's the motivation. So, then, so, so it's a hate what, crime. But then why would the police refuse to comply about what, like, about the hate crime legislation, the hate crime classification. And why would they say, like, what would their ration, why would they hide a rationale? Well, that, that's why my guess might be, I, I, don't, I don't know the extent of how hate crimes work in Louisiana, but if, if hate crimes have, if specifically the hate crime portion has to be approved by a jury, it's possible mm-hmm. that let's suppose the suspect is gay even if he's made this statement before to a previous partner, it's possible that they just don't think a jury would buy oh, that a gay man oh, could oh. be motivated. I, that's again, just a hypothetical, but yeah. that would be my, my guess into their rationale. Well, there's also, um, I mean, there's also, I mean, 
crimes across the country go unreported in terms of what their intent was left and right. I mean, there are so many murder of trans women of color in this country that aren't listed as a hate crime that are just listed as a typical murder that happens in a city and they go unrecognized in terms of the scope of the problem against murder and trans black women. And so like, it could be that too, that they don't want to have hate crimes in their district and they're just going, they're refusing to do it because they don't want that number on them. They don't want that statistic on them. I don't know. Tangent, just a tangent. Did you say that there's no hate crime legislation in Wyoming? Mm Mm-hmm. That seems nuts after Matthew Shepard. Well, I mean, it's a very red state. It's a really conservative state. Although they were the first to approve suffrage, I believe. They were because they were, I think, the first female elected to Congress is from Wyoming. And it was sort of a weird, like there's a weird backstory with her in Wyoming. I could be wrong on that, but there is a backstory to that. Yeah. So Um, do you guys think that this is, do you you guys think that this is that the idea is that the state doesn't want to go through the, the, they don't want to be labeled as a, as a hate crime? um, I don't think that's actually what's happening here, to be honest. uh I'm just saying that that is a reality that happens in many cities across the country. In this case, I'm more prone to believe Brent's theory that they, if it is, if the suspect is identifies as queer or gay or whatever, then they don't believe a jury, presumably that has to go before a jury, that a jury would believe that a gay person could want to kill other gay people and have that be listed as a hate crime because a hate crime legislation often has different sentencing. And so like if they don't, they don't want to have it listed as that. I don't know. I don't know the intent. Well, but I believe even though, right here. You know, even though Alan is agreeing with me, that means therefore I disagree with Alan. So I'm, <laughs> I'm at this point disagreeing with myself now. Um, yeah, you know, I don't know. It's it's I. That would be my guess. I mean, Lafayette, Louisiana, is a college town. It's not a profoundly yeah. liberal one, but it's still a college town. I would imagine uh, that they're a little bit more open minded than what you would stereotype being sort of the classic, maybe small Southern town or something. So Mm -hmm. I, I guess my, my optimism leads me to think that this isn't like any nefarious purpose that they're trying to kind of sweep this under the rug, but I could be wrong with that said, uh, as someone who, every time I met anyone on Grindr, I assumed it would end in murder. Yeah. You (laughs) always, you just assume that this would be, that would Grindr would be your end. Why did you think that? I, I I think there was uh, there was probably a part of me that like even though I'm not religious I think there's that part of you that like whenever you delve into like sort of the the sexual side of yourself like some part of your brain is like this is wrong you shouldn't be doing this and I think mm. that was like it was always like my brain was like no don't can't it's, it, cancel before it's too late he's gonna kill you <laughs> and every time in particular if it was like the few times I really just like gave someone my address and said, feel free to come over Yeah. a few times. It was like, come over to after work. And that whole day I would be like this, he's going to show up. Yeah. I'm going to, maybe I'll pat him down for knives. Oh God. Uh, oh God. I mean, I, I've told you the times I, uh, the one time I invited someone over to my place and I hid my iPhone charger cord so he didn't have anything to strangle oh, me with. <laughs> I, I've definitely hid important things. I've hid my computer yeah. before. I've like I've done yeah. I've done that, the due diligence yeah. of that. That said, I'm never really worried about necessarily being 
murdered. You really, I mean, you really shouldn't because most people yeah. don't get. I mean, the scariest thing that ever, because I also rarely ever did the whole random hookup thing where you just start talking and then it happens because I was yeah. never that lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, there was the one time where I showed up for a threesome and I was really mm-hmm. concerned about the state of sort of things. And I walked in and the two of them were um, on the bed. One looked like a troll, literally. His hair was sticking straight up and it was blue. <laughs> oh, wow. And they were watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And I literally was like, either this is going to be a lot of fun or I'm going to be an episode of Law and Order. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Did you stay? And so what was it? <laughs> I cleaned the dishes the next morning. Oh, wow. So it was a lot of fun? Well, no, it wasn't. It was a very weird night, and one of them passed out, but I really felt compelled mm-hmm. to contribute something, and I like couldn't see mm-hmm. the dishes were bothering me, so I actually cleaned the dishes. Mm. Well, yeah, you weren't murdered. <laughs> <laughs> Not even joking. Oh, Francesca Ramsey, thank you so much for being here. So thank wait, you before, for having me. Before you got on, um, you made clear, and none of us would call you this, but you made clear, we are not to call you Franny. <laughs> oh, I absolutely hate being called Franny. My grandmother calls me Franny because <laughs> she thinks Francesca is too long of a name, mm. and she refuses, and I have told her my entire life that I don't like being called Franny, and she's just like, sorry, Franny. I'm just, okay, well, thanks. Oh my God. Franny is inherently, I mean, I, I feel, my, my, I don't have, all of my grandparents were assholes. I say it all the time. Right. People, people think it's a joke, but it's true. They all were big old assholes. Yeah, you hate um, all of them. Uh, every single last one. Only one of them was good in the end, because she gave me a fur coat in her will, and that was like after right. she was gone. Right. Um, she redeemed herself with she that. She redeemed right. herself, and a National Enquirer subscription. But, um, <laughs> Uh, Franny is an old lady name like that. So of course a grandma would probably want to go in that direction, but not for her granddaughter. Mm. Franny just feels so old and like, like it smells like mothballs and it's just, there's nothing about it is glamor. You know what I mean? Like granted, this is a podcast, but I like to serve looks, you know what I mean? I I try to bring it and Franny just does not capture my essence. And it's just (laughs) everything about it is hater. But also, yeah. my grandmother is a Loki hater. So, Wait, so that's interesting. Your grandmother like trolls you. Oh, my grandma. I mean, I remember as a kid being so heartbroken that my grandma was always so mean to me, and my mom was like, "Yeah, that's just who she is." And then. Wow. We would tell me stories about my grandmother trolling my mom. Um, you know, wow. she always had something to say. When I would tell stories about my friends, she would be like, is she black? Is she white? And I'm like, my, I go to a private school, grandma, like they are white. And she'd be like, mm-hmm. like she always had <laughs> a shady thing to say about anyone that I knew. Yeah. And then I'll, I will give her credit on this one. <laughs> I did get a divorce last year, but when I got married, on my wedding day, we got married on the beach. And as we were walking off the beach, my grandmother was very upset that, about the sand in her shoes. And she said, next time you get married, friend, don't do it on the beach. And I remember oh my God. Was so wow. upset about it. And then I got a divorce. And then I was like, you know what? Maybe she was right. Next time I That is markedly dark. Yes, that is markedly oh. cruel. On my way, I was literally walking, helping her walk off of the beach and that's what she said yeah i mean i have a feeling my mother is maybe a little bit like that because my mom said to my brother's wife on her wedding day i mean a lot of people like those kinds of dresses oh my god the shape of the dress and i was just like mom (laughs) 
like it was just this like isn't it kind of scary when something will someone will set like an ominous tone like this is obviously not as personal but i just moved to downtown los angeles i've wanted to live here ever since i moved to la it's my favorite neighborhood and i was waiting by the i I hired movers and i was waiting by the van while they were moving everything out i had my biden shirt on i had my mask on someone came up to me from the street he goes oh are you moving in i did he (laughs) goes oh are you moving in i go yeah i am i'm excited to be moving downtown he goes enjoy the shit show freak and he took a picture (gasps) of me and walked away it was the craziest thing i've ever had happen from a stranger Oh my and it god! Was I feel like you're probably very... an alt right meme somewhere where they're all like, <laughs> "Look at this, look at this certainly leftist loser <laughs> moving in." <laughs> and the only the only silver lining was that I had my mask on, so I'm like, I don't think anyone would recognize me in that, regardless of where I am now on the internet. Well, but you are the only person wearing a Biden rainbow shirt. I will say that, <laughs> that is that is it's, you don't see it every day. No, you I don't see one. it every I bought day. One. Oh, I bought one. I bet you ain't wearing it. Then. Oh my god! So you bought one. Good for you. That's exciting. And well, I took your took your lead. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. I'm honored. Okay, well, Francesca, we are so grateful you're here. You are you're one of the smartest, most funniest humans alive. Um, and and I, I just to give some background for our listeners, you are the woman behind Shit White Girls Say Two Black Girls, which that would I, be me. I that was like a viral sensation in the early days of viral sensations it was sort of like we were learning what viral meant and it didn't have anything to do with the disease like you redefined it Um, yes what was that like and what was the like the motivation for all of that um you know that video i say it all the time and i mean it wholeheartedly it completely changed my life um i was working as a graphic designer at the time at ann taylor um and i had been working there for about two years <clears throat> i loved my discount i was sad when i, when I quit <laughs> and people sleep on ann taylor but you know mm-hmm. they go up to size 12 shoe and mm-hmm. they carry plus size fashion i mean they have right. many looks um so yeah i was working at ann taylor but i had been making videos on the weekends and before work and late at night um just trying to cultivate an audience but also figure out my voice I wanted to be a stand-up and I I never was able to make that work because I had long hours at my desk job Mm -hmm. um and so when that video went viral um my whole life changed suddenly I was being covered in all of these different news outlets and places that I had been begging to post my videos and never did. Suddenly they were sharing it. Um, I got an agent. I, I auditioned for SNL. There was Anderson Cooper did a, a special about me, which was like very oh, weird. Wow. My first national TV interview. I actually met Elliot and Alana because That's of that video. That's they right. reached out to me and they were like, hey, we're the shit people. Let's hang yeah. out. We did shit New Yorkers say, so it was a similar experience. Mm. Yeah. So we like got together at a coffee shop and, and hung out and it just, it brought so many people and opportunities into my life. And, um, that was the last time that I had a desk job that was 2012. Um, and to this day, it's really flattering and still strange that people are re-recognizing me because I, I cut all my hair off. I don't wear a platinum blonde wig all the time. So I often will have relationships with people. They don't know that that was me. And then something comes up and they're like, that video changed my life. It was so important to me. Um, and so it's, it's very cool. 
Well, since, and since then, like, you know, you've really blossomed as, um, somebody who is, uh, can speak to, I don't know, understanding the cultural experience of, um, not just race, but like woke culture. You've, you know, mm. with like MTV's decoded, you became like the preeminent voice on like how to sort of read culture and not just in a woke way, but in giving, sort of giving understanding and context to just the things that, you know, white people mostly take for granted or don't realize. And like the video shit, shit, um, white girls say to black girls, I think, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it does feel like that was sort of this seedling that oh, would yeah. reflect, you know, or, or build into like this career. Oh, it absolutely was. I mean, I had been making YouTube videos for about six years before that video went viral. And I was doing all sorts of stuff. Like I was making hair videos. I had uh, dreadlocks at the time. I'd had them for 15, 15 years when, when I cut my hair. But at the time, I think I was on like six or seven years at that point. Mm-hmm. And so I'd been making hairstyle videos, but I was also doing like song parodies. I love, I love to sing. Um, I was also doing like cooking videos and crafting. Like I was just trying anything and seeing what would stick. And mm-hmm. so when shit white girls say happened, I had talked about social issues before, like student loan debt and healthcare and body image, but the response to that video really started my brain going of like, why did this do so well? No one else is talking about race in this way. And Mm -hmm. it's really wild because now this is a a conversation that's happening all of the time. Literally all of the time. Always talking about race. They're always talking about privilege. They're always talking about microaggressions. And I'm so thankful for that. But in 2012, Mm -hmm. I mean, I genuinely think that's why the video went viral. People were like, what is going on? Like, how dare you talk about white people? It wasn't wasn't even until like a few years, I mean, four or five years ago that, I mean, I, of course, had never asked to touch a black person's hair, but I I didn't know that was a thing. Thing, that some people oh. would have strangers come up to them or coworkers and be like, can I touch your hair? And I it, didn't realize it was crazy. a thing happening to everyone and not just me. Like I yeah. thought, I genuinely was like, this is funny to me. Um, I had gone home for a Christmas break and my friends from high school did not know me with natural hair because I didn't have dreads in high school. I had a straight perm. And so I went home for Christmas and Uh, as the night went on at the Christmas party, everyone was getting drunk and I wasn't drinking because I was the designated driver. Everyone started touching my hair and I was like, oh, this is the video. So I started like writing down all of the little notes in my phone, not thinking, again, I, I grew up in a diverse area, but oftentimes I was the only black person in my class or in, you know, the plays that I was in, or, you know, I was on the soccer team, things like that. And so I did not realize that this was a universal experience for black people, for marginalized people, for all different types of people of color. So I was surprised. Like I got, you know, someone wrote a, uh, 30 page dissertation about shit white girls say and mm. sent it to me. I'm not surprised. Like, I mean, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, yeah. it's, it, you know, I'd be like, humor. can I get the cliff notes on this dissertation? <laughs> <laughs> I'll send no, it to but, you. <laughs> but like, you use the thing that you did. I think the reason that it was so popular is because it, it, um, it used comedy, as all, all the three of us know, it used mm-hmm. comedy to, uh, pro- to, to express feelings, you know, real, actual feelings in a way that could disarm people, but they laughed. They could laugh at yeah. it. But it's like, that makes it so much more um, 
understandable and 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 uh, uh, digestible because you're just laughing, but then you're like knocked, you know, oh my God, this one thing, second thing, third thing. Yeah. These are all things that, you know, white people did, probably didn't think about. And, yeah, realize. I mean, I think that's what makes it funny is like on both sides, you're either laughing because you're like, oh, this makes me uncomfortable. I'm yes. seeing myself in it. Or you're laughing because you're like, that has happened to me so many times. And that's exactly what those white girls are like. Like mm-hmm. they sound just like that. They've done that yeah. thing. But you know what's funny? The, the, the original video that started the whole like shit blank people say mm-hmm. was called shit girls say and yes. it was by two guys i think in like toronto kyle or something, something. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and i think one of i'm not sure his name was kyle <laughs> <laughs> i'm not sure if one or both were gay but the original one was called shit girls say and it was so popular and i was, was telling, huge huge and i'm thinking back now and i'm like I remember the idea of it. I don't remember the specifics, but now in retrospect, it feels like it was like a gay guy sort of, it was like gay male misogyny. Yeah. Oh, it was you know? super sexist. Yeah. It was yeah. super sexist. Um, and I mean, that's kind of what inspired me because I saw that and I I thought it was funny, but it was also so vague. It was like the, yes. the comments were things like, it's cold in here. I'm like, bitch, every what? That is not a thing that girls say. Like, sometimes <laughs> it's cold, you know? Like, the comments were very weird. But then there was also shit black girls say. And similarly, it was a black male comedian and oh. it was... And there were like sexual assault jokes in there. And like, there was just a lot of stuff that, again, as a black girl from the suburbs, just didn't speak to me. It was like so laden with stereotypes. Yeah. And that's when I was trying to figure out like, what is my take on it? And initially I was very worried about calling it shit white girls say to black girls because that was not the format of the meme. And I worried people weren't going to get it. And if I said shit white girls say, I thought, well, then it's not specific enough. People are going to just think, well, white girls don't say that. So Mm -hmm. mine, you know, not to my own horn, but it was social commentary, not just jokes about women. The the jokes weren't just like, women are dumb. It was like, these are things (laughs) white women have said to me. And in reality, uh, and all of them, with the exception of like two lines that were jokes, like um, my grandma hates collards was one of them, uh, were things people had actually said to me. So when people would get mm-hmm. mad, I was right. like, this is a real thing someone has said. Like, I'm not just making this up. Yeah. Right. I have to I, say, I mean, just to kind of expand a little bit on that video, but also your work later on, the, I got a book randomly. So I get lots of like, like galley copies of books and because I write a lot, I do a lot of interviews and stuff and I got your book. And mm. it was like random because they didn't want me to, I mean, I was working for this outlet and they didn't want me to write anything about it, but I just kept getting the books and I got your book and I rarely read any of the books that was ever sent to me, but I read yours because it was the, the title just, I mean, I knew your work and I knew your work from Broad City, of course, and like, and of course the video, but I didn't really know what the book was going to be. Out. And I have to say that book was, it is, if anyone out there is looking for a way to how to communicate identity in a way that is inviting and funny and interesting and heartwarming and real like your book is the book to read it is such a great book on identity not just about even race but about you know being a feminist and about embracing your body and your looks and the way you feel about yourself and like who you are I was going I was just starting kind of out in drag during while reading the book and it was actually giving me a lot of inspiration so I have to really encourage people 
to read this book. It's a really, really oh, great book. Thank but, you so much. But <laughs> also just, let's just add the book. It's called Well Sorry. That Escalated. <laughs> that Well That Escalated Quickly, Memoirs and Mistakes of an Accidental Activist. And the, yes. that, that last part, like, do you sometimes feel like, like, uh, like you're an accidental activist? Like, like you're yeah. not sort of, do you, like you're taking oh. on a lot of weight. Oh, Absolutely. And especially with everything that's happening right now. I mean, I like low key am thinking about changing my phone number because too many white people have my number. And, <laughs> and I was like, every day I get a text message from a sad white person who's like, I just want to so tell sorry. you, I care about you and I love you. And I'm like, who is this? How do you have my number? Oh, I've had the same number since senior year of high school. And I was just mm-hmm. giving that fucker out willy nilly. Um, Um, And there are lots of people, and again, Decoded has been amazing. I'm so proud of that show, but I think people don't realize that I'm reading a teleprompter on that show. Like, I don't know everything about race and identity. My undergrad (laughs) is in graphic design. Like, I'm a Black person, and I can talk about my lived experience, and I've learned a lot of things, but I have also made a lot of mistakes, and there are a lot of people who are better equipped to have these conversations. My specialty is the fact that I'm funny and I can talk about things Mm -hmm. in a digestible way. And so I often get put in these positions where people are like, you need to be the voice. And it's flattering and frustrating because like, I can't be the voice of every issue. I don't know everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's exhausting. And I, Truly, um, again, I'm so thankful for the career that I've had, but I'm excited to continue exploring other things because I wanted to be a comedian. I want to be a comedy writer. I don't want to always deal with like death and trauma and racism and identity. Like sometimes I just want to laugh. And so uh, it is accidental because shit white girls say... I did not anticipate my career going the path that it did, but I'm, I'm so thankful, but mm-hmm. it was a total accident. You know, Alan, you said a lot of really nice things about Francesca's book and I agree with all of them, but you have never said anything nice about my book. <laughs> <laughs> because I can't buy your book. It's self-published somewhere in Idaho. Well, just because I've only printed out five versions doesn't mean you can't ask for one. <laughs> And give me the requisite hundred dollars to read it, Alan. Thank you very much. Oh. My dog is getting upset. Hey, hey, Lex, come here, man. We are, are death you, keeping are you, this in. We are definitely. Are you, guys, are you guys dealing with fireworks in LA? Yes. yes. Oh my god. Dealing with fireworks. So the fireworks situation has been out of control, <sighs> and my little flexi, I gave him a CBD gummy before we started, <laughs> <laughs> and that has been helpful. But every yeah. once in a while, one happens, and he gets very upset. How so long have we had him? I, uh, so Flex and I started living together during quarantine. Right, it's new. New relationship. Uh, So I think we're at uh, almost 10 weeks. Wow. And he is the love of my life, but I also think that he thinks I'm a major loser because I have no friends. (laughs) (laughs) um, Dogs are worried about that kind of stuff, yeah. Oh, he's like, I will be in my apartment just like stressed and crying. And he's like, maybe you should get a job. <laughs> um, <laughs> he just, he's like, have you thought he's about judging. dating? <laughs> he's very judgy. Oh, he's so um, cute. I love him. He's, he has just been such a blessing during this quarantine. The, it's fireworks, hard. 
the fireworks really are a thing. I mean, they've been freaking out of not just what animals. Is, what is too. that though? Like what 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 and is there? And it starts in like mid June now. Well, yeah. no, well I think, I, go ahead. I don't. I'm trying not to like tap into the conspiracy theory, but I will say there are a lot of things that have my like spidey senses tingling because yeah. these are not like backyard fireworks. These are oh. Macy's Thanksgiving yeah. parade level fireworks. What's and the conspiracy behind them? The conspiracy is that the Popo are out here mm-hmm. turning a blind eye to fireworks because they want this to be kind of like a, like a warfare situation where they are making all of us feel on edge at yeah. all hours of the day and the night. Sometimes they've been going till four o'clock in the morning oh, yeah. and, and, and there's a pandemic. Where are people getting these professional grade fireworks I can tell from? you, I can tell where? you, I saw, I saw on, um, I forget, I saw it on the news, but People are going on an on an app, like one of these apps oh, where you yeah, can like I sell stuff or trade stuff. And so they'll put like a vintage or an older PlayStation up and they'll put fireworks <gasps> in the background. And so uh, it's sort of this like secret system no, in which you're Listen. quote unquote buying a PlayStation, but it's really these intense fireworks. I, I've gotten, I've I've gotten shit for years for, for complaining about not wanting to stay for the fireworks show, about telling people I hate fireworks. I have hated them for years and I'm glad everyone else is now fucking on board uh, with okay. me. I mean, what, if, if it was one day, it sure. would be fine. Exactly. But it's, it's right. been every day. And like I said, it's been until four o'clock in the morning and my poor little dog, I will say, if anyone listening has a dog that's freaking out about uh, fireworks, I also got what's called a thunder vest. Oh, yes, right. of course. That's correct. It's a little vest that goes on the dog that hugs them, and it really calms yeah. him down. Yeah. Oh. I, I also, I mean, I was reading, I mean, I was reading on Nextdoor, the, you know, hyper low oh, black, whatever. <laughs> oh, boy. That's also <laughs> incredibly racist, Nextdoor. Mm. I mean. I know it is. It's, it's like Karen Central. But on the app, this woman, this poor woman was like, I don't know where the fireworks are coming from. They're really scary. And my poor dog, she was freaking out. And then, I, like, the next night, I, I like, she freaked out a little bit more, but I tried to help her. And then I, she said she left, and she came back, and her dog had had a heart attack. <gasps> oh, my oh God. No! I know. Jesus. And I'm like, these fucking fireworks, they're awful. Wait, how old, how old was her dog, though? I, I want a little background information on this. Oh, I don't know. But Brent, she had a, she had, the dog had a heart attack. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> Brent's not is, an animal person. I don't, I don't know if, I mean, look, causations, uh, it's a little loose there. But anyway, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm a oh. tiny bit skeptical, but I'm gonna pour one out for her puppy. That's yes. so sad. Oh my god. Um, let's see. So I guess I want to ask too. Like, so you grew up in Florida, which I'm obsessed uh, with. I am obsessed no. with the state okay, of Florida. Good. I just okay. I just wow. I didn't realize you were gonna put me on blast like that. I normally, <laughs> I normally don't lead with the fact that I'm from Florida. No. Like I feel like I have to feel very safe and supported. Right. Francesca, I have to tell you, whenever I meet. I mean, I'm, and it's not just because I love the Golden Girls. I am, I have always been fascinated with anybody from the state of Florida. The Florida really? in general, its own world. And I just find the people from there both sometimes scary, but also very fat. Because the ones that get away are oh, the most fascinating. And you got away. Yeah. You know, I got to say, it is truly difficult to be a POF, a person of Florida. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> say truly abhorrent things about us. There's just bad news about our state all of the time. Every day. There is the media bias against Floridians. (laughs) I don't know about that. No, you know what? 
you're going to know about it now because there's a little thing called the Freedom of Information Act in Florida, which is the only reason that we have all these wild stories coming out of Florida. It's not because things are weird down there. It's because our police... They can get they can access get access to, to everything. everything. So anytime, and that's why yep. cops is yep. always in my motherfucking neighborhood. It's because Florida mm-hmm. has these very open laws, and there are positive things. Like for example, all yep. of our public officials' email records are public. But also, anytime you get arrested, mm-hmm. it's available to the public, even if you have not been formally charged found guilty of a crime. Yeah, right. So with it's also that, a big state. There's a lot of people that live they there. Used so to, there's going to be a lot of crazy people that live in a big state. They, well, but no, the weird thing about, I mean, certain things in Florida, I remember my family went there. We went to Orlando for like a Disney vacation and we were at a Tippin's Pie restaurant and my dad was reading the newspaper and they used to publish everyone who had been arrested <laughs> the night before. They still do it. Their names <laughs> in the newspaper. Do it. Yeah. My mother looks at it every day, and she oh, will wow. always text me and says, "Do you know this person? They graduated the same year of high school as you." Yeah. Like, oh my no, god! I don't know them. That's so funny. It blows me away. Why do they do I don't that? Know. Why it's do they really do that? messed up. I also want to say yes. There are also a lot of people in Florida because we are the third largest state in the continental U.S. Mm-hmm. So. You know, I yeah. gotta, you know, it's very I important to U.S. elections, Florida, but you know, it's, I, it's hard for me to deal with other people talking about my state. You know, it, I, I, I'm a similar way. I love I shitting on here. Michigan, but I do also have some, some home state pride where mm-hmm. I will, I will reasonably take some discussion about how trashy it is. It voted for Trump. Mm-hmm, it's very mm-hmm, fat, mm-hmm. but, uh, I also will t- at a certain point, I'm like, all right, hold on, hold on. It's not as bad as Kentucky guys. Come on. Well, fuck I will off, also you know? say I went mm-hmm. to university of Michigan for two years. Excuse and I, me. My alma mater. I, I oh, sorry, am still paying for oh. my half of an acting degree, <laughs> but I loved Ann Arbor, and my mother is from Detroit, so I have oh. fond feelings about Michigan. Oh, always good to hear from a fellow pseudo-Michigander. But it's mm-hmm, fun. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fun to hear someone oh. talk about, because you don't get the, you don't get it a lot that someone will robustly defend Florida, so I, I tip it my hat never to you. Ha- it never I tip my hat to you. happens. I don't know why Florida. I have been to Florida many a times. I love Florida. I could vacation there all the time. It is a great state, even well, if there are a lot of you. fucked up people. I appreciate you for that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Francesca, this has been this is great. Oh, Thank you so, so much. much. What a this blast. This was a delight. I am so glad I put on pants for this, even though you, <laughs> and you didn't have to. <laughs> I know. I didn't, but I felt like I owed you. Wait. I want to ask you before before we go, like, what are you working on now and where can people, like, find you on the yeah, internet? Yeah, uh, you can find me across social media as Cheska Lee, C-H-E-S-C-A-L-E-I-G-H. Um, and currently I'm head writing on an animated kids project. And oh. um, it's great. I'm glad that I have a job, but I have 
no work-life balance because of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, but I'm learning a lot and I'm excited. Again, like I've talked about race and identity and so much of my work, but now I'm getting to do something that's for young girls that is still socially conscious and smart, but in a more accessible way where it's just about young girls being themselves and advocating for what they want and following their dreams. And so there's like a little like light feministy stuff in there, but um, Mm -hmm. in a way that I think lots of young kids and parents hopefully will enjoy too. So I can't say more than that, but I'm super excited about it. Well, we can't wait to check it out. That's so awesome. Congrats and stay safe and um, hug flex for us. Oh my gosh, absolutely. (laughs) All right, thank you guys so much. You got it. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Bye. And another thing. To all my friends at the LGBTQ community, happy Pride Month. You guys bring so much heart, passion, and articulate everything you do. Because of you, I've had the best nights of my life. I love you so much, it hurts. Happy Pride Month. Baby, be quiet! So, Britney Spears released a video, not a music video, a video on Instagram, I think, last week, where she was celebrating Pride. And she's just, like, thanking her, her gay LGBTQ fans. And, uh... I, I, I saw like so many people like posted it and and they're like, that's our queen, like our gay right. pride queen. <laughs> and I'm like looking at it and I'm like, she seems so unwell. It mm-hmm. it's and it's, the video it's was, intense. It's very intense. And I and I guess it made me it really made me wonder like about the idea of like gay men like I've never I, I've always been not hot or cold on Britney. I'm just like right, pretty yeah. neutral. I, you know, right. I know you guys have been too. Alan's been quoted as saying he hates Britney. <laughs> right. I do. Right. I never, I never got it. I mean, I respect what she did, yeah. but I never got it. I, I, I would put her in my top. Like I like her, and I, and I, 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 it's like a weird thing where I like hearing fun stories about Britney, like stories of people meeting her and liking her, but I wouldn't like... Where do you get stories of people meeting her? Where do you meet her? Who in your world have you heard? Excuse me. You're a son of a bitch. I really want to know the random Brent friends that that Brent has who have met Britney Spears. I remember hearing on a podcast once someone talking about meeting her and... It was it was very fun because they they both had read the same kind of deep cut book. Yeah, and Brittany like this person <laughs> mentioned the book, and Brittany like instantly like got really excited and started yeah. talking about the book. And I was like, oh, that's I don't know. It was, I, to me, it was kind of a fun that's story. Charming. Yeah, I just I don't know. I mean, I see this video, and like again, I'm like not I don't care one way or the other about Britney Spears. I never really have, but I just was really uh, sort of um, disappointed to see so many people mm-hmm. post about her as if she's this, like, toy. And they yeah. were like, oh, our, our gay queen, long live the queen. And I'm like, this woman looks like she's quite ill. Like, that's she so looks like she sounds ill. That's the- and I feel bad, you know? It feels like, I just want to say it feels like, to me, and I don't know if it's the same thing, but it sort of feels like a sort of, soulless celebration of somebody who's self-destructing. It feels, I don't know what to do with it. It feels very Amanda Bynes. It feels exactly yes. sort of how we or reacted. Or Anna Nicole. Or Anna Nicole's, that's a great mm, example. It feels, one. it feels very, um, like to me, and I'm, you know, we talked about this, like it, it, I, I don't even like, I don't like that people are even sharing the video because it me feels, either. it feels like this person is unwell. This person yes. is unhinged. This person yes. is mentally unwell. And yes. I'm, I'm reading into it. I have no facts about that, but like, 
And I just don't think it's it's safe or fair. Just like within the you know Black Lives Matter movement, we 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 talk that people talk about not sharing the videos of police brutality because it it shows it just creates a perception about about this person's ability to break what's happening. They're they're sort of they're respecting that human's life. And in a weird way, it's like I don't I don't have much respect for Britney Spears' performance, but sure. I do have respect for her as a human being and not sort mm-hmm. of showing her mental breakdown. So well, it was kind of interesting. Wait, when Elliot sent yeah. me the clip, I I didn't read any of your notes and I just watched the clip. And I, I guess I was assuming it was like something that she'd done, like something that, that like gay Twitter was freaking out over. So I was kind of going in like, oh, here we go again. She like, I don't know, she does some cheer and everyone's freaking out. All the gay guys like, mm-hmm. go queen. And, but then I watched the video and I was blown away with how uh, she looked, I mean, she looks like she was just sobbing. It's almost like she looks like she was crying. And she seems, I guess, again, judgmental of me, but she seems almost strung out. And it, I, it blew me away. And so yeah. that was my response was like, is she okay? Yeah. yeah. I guess, and then yeah, I, I read just, your notes and you were like, you said the same thing. You're like, is she okay? <laughs> yeah. But the, the difference between like the, the you know, the, 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 the protester videos or the, the um you know the videos of like ultra violence by police is that it sucks that these people have to be seen against their will basically in those yeah. videos whereas Brittany posted that herself yeah she did and, and ultimately but you could is argue her, is, her, is her dad still her conservator well i think he's i think he's sick i think there's something happening there with the family uh, like he was really sick for a while but you could argue that she's i mean if if it's true that she is mentally unwell if she's posting it herself you can't put that on her for posting herself because she's not herself. And mm. it's, it's this sort of this, and it's the reality of anyone who has had any one in their family who's had been bipolar or who's had mental illness knows that oftentimes their actions, both online, their social media actions and the things they do in person don't reflect the person that they actually are because they're going through an episode. And we, as the consumers with social media, with someone like Britney Spears, are so quick and gay. And I'm, I mean, I'm going to generalize gay people here. Gay people online are sometimes the worst, and they get enjoyment out of the sickest things. And and they're so ready to sort of performatively cancel someone, basically be like, look how crazy she is, or look how weird this is now. And they just post it online, and it's like, well, this is clearly a person who might be unwell right now. Why are you but celebrating isn't the, this? Isn't the argument that Elliot... Uh, I, I guess what Elliot was saying is that he was struck with how few people were referencing that and they were more just kind of glossing over the fact that well, she seems like she's unwell and they were just talking about how she's I haven't queen, seen right I haven't seen that Elliot I'll have to admit most of what I've seen are people making fun of Britney and sort uh, of the absurdity of Ugh. sort of what she's what she said and done and like and sort of I mean you see even like you, you see people posting memes and videos of her burning, her saying she burnt down her gym, and then people making yeah, fun of that, I, and like I, people. I'm so confused. I, I, it just seems like her again. I'm not a, I'm not a fan enough to know the ins and outs of her lives, but I, but I remember they were saying like her gym burned down. Yeah, I saw she posted a video about it, yeah. and I'm just like, she just looks gone, and yeah. there's something so dark about it. And I guess what it just, it's just the idea that. And I don't, I hate to generalize, but I do feel like I see, at least in the comments, a lot of gay men want to, it feels like, um, pretend as though the video of her is not clearly alarming and instead just kind of like egg her on Mm -hmm. in a way that I'm like, I don't know. Again, 
It's all subjective. It does feel but- like that. It feels like egging her on in a weird way. I mean, I think to me, the most fascinating conversation about Britney is gay people's insane response to Britney. Like you can say in a bar, Arnold, I really like Madonna, or I never really got Madonna, or I never really got Lady Gaga, and people will maybe fight you on it, but like they're not gonna go crazy on you. Mm-hmm. I have numerous times said I don't like Britney. I don't get Britney, I don't understand it, and people have turned vicious. Mm-hmm. They get so angry. About- I have to be honest, I'm I'm still like I, I honestly am still <laughs> stunned that she had a residency in Vegas. I well, apparently it was great. It was a great show. I mean, I didn't see it, but apparently it was a great show. And I but believe her, it was. She's a great performer. But the thing is, I'm like, her her music hasn't been relevant for a very long time. No, her music so, her music's always relevant because you hear it all the time. You hear but, it at gay bars. Yeah. You hear it everywhere. Hey, how often, Ellie, do you say, oops, I did it again? <laughs> right. I mean, that's, that's relevancy, <laughs> you well, son of a bitch. But her, her stands are so, her fans are so... Uh, uh, so so uh, um, ravenous, ravenous yeah, that ravenous. they managed to literally work together as the as Mariah as Mariah Carey's fans have done too, and get her album back into the top yeah. ten. Of like literally, they did that recently, where they got uh, the album Glory back into the top ten, and I'm just like, a okay, like I'm first of all, I'm like, why do you spend so much time doing that, like? <laughs> He's got plenty of money. Wait, need I remind you, and I've said this on the podcast before, but need I remind you of what I would deem the lowest point in the history of LGBT history was many years ago, um, there was uh, a guy at my gym who, I don't, I forget how I found this. Oh, it was on a blog. It was referenced on a blog where Lady Gaga had just released an album and it wasn't doing very well. And I think Madonna had also released an album and it was doing better. And so the guy released uh like a craigslist ad oh, I remember saying this. <laughs> i will i will have sex you know i think he was a sex worker he was i will have sex with whomever uh wants for uh instead of money i will use the money you give me um <laughs> to buy multiple copies of lady gaga's album so that so that we boost her sales so that we beat madonna this week and i remember thinking that is the lowest point can you imagine like i mean i have to give it to them i have god when when people are able to be that big of a fan of someone apply applaud it good for you i guess i mean i don't understand it i'm a huge madonna fan i have been forever i can openly acknowledge that she's a bit cuckoo right now and and that I don't get a lot of what she's doing musically, but I will never stop loving Madonna. So but I get it. Never put out to get her to boost her. It's like boost the sales of somebody who needs it. You think Lady no. Gaga gives a shit if you like, you know, give head to somebody so that you buy, so that you buy three copies of Art Pop? She's <laughs> fine. She's Art Pop fine. is great, and I will stand by that. Statement. I love Art Pop. Yeah. Let's end there. <laughs> sure. What are you going to say, Brent? What were you gonna well, say? I was going to say, I, I could have sworn there was a time that, <laughs> Elliot, you were charging people money to suck their dicks so you could buy Lorena McKennett albums. <laughs> is that is that true? <laughs> Lorena McKennett, second-rate Enya. <laughs> I'll suck your dick and I'll put all the money towards Lorena McKennett. What would your aunt say? Brent, what would your aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's podcast?
Who the hell is Lorena McCannett? <laughs> uh, my aunt Joanne would say Jeffrey Dahmer, not Jewish. David Berkowitz, not Jewish, adopted. <laughs> also not Jewish. How about, how about Aunt Anne? My Aunt Anne would say, I'm a huge Britney Spears fan. Every time I drop something, I say, oops, I did it again. <laughs> I look around. Your Uncle Ray never laughs. Not a fan. Uh, <laughs> well, thanks for listening, everybody. I uh, love Aunt Anne. I love her, too. I'm Elliot Glazer. I am Brent Sullivan. I'm H. Allen Scott. Thank you.